Stem cell science is changing medicine and our understanding of human development. Learn more with the Stem Cell Channel. Visit uctv.tv slash stem cell. It's a pleasure to be here and thank you for the invitation to speak today. Um, my name is Justin Ichida. I'm an associate professor uh, in the Department of Stem Cell Biology and Regenerative Medicine at USC. I'm going to tell you about a new program that we have uh, trying to develop a drug for coronavirus infection. I think, you know, probably like a lot of uh, scientists, we were not working on viral uh, drugs or biology at all um, when the pandemic hit. But we found something that was, you know, that we were working on that was extremely relevant, I think, to uh uh, COVID-19. And I'll tell you about that today. Uh, so, you know, th- what we're primarily doing in my lab at USC is to uh, s- to make new therapeutics or drugs for Lou Gehrig's disease or ALS. Our approach is very stem cell based. So we generally um, use uh, patient blood to create stem cells in a, in a Petri dish, which we can then coax to become any cell in the body. And for us, we, we coax them to become the types of nerve cells that are lost in ALS patients. Uh, these cells are called motor nerve cells. Uh, and what's remarkable about, uh, remarkable about these cells is that uh, once you create them from ALS patients, they actually mimic the disease in a dish. So you can see them degenerate over time. Uh, faster than those from healthy controls. And uh, that allows you to search for new drugs that might help ALS patients by screening through all of the drugs that are available and finding the ones that best, you know, rescue the survival of those ALS patient nerve cells in a dish. And so that's one of the projects that we've really been doing in the lab over the past several years. And when we did that project, one of the the major findings we had was that we found that uh, blocking the activity of a specific enzyme in the cell called PIC5 uh, was one of the most effective ways at preventing ALS patients' nerve cell death. And you can see that in this picture here. Um, all of these white cells are motor nerve cells from an ALS patient. You can see with placebo, there was really no effect. Uh, there was really a, a large loss of the of the cells, um, but with this drug called the PIK5 inhibitor, uh, you can see that we preserved many of these. Now, uh, one thing that's important is that the known or existing PIK5 inhibitor uh, chemicals uh, that are that are out there today, um, none of them are really suitable for using in humans. The reason is because they're very unstable in the body. Uh, they don't last long enough to really elicit the therapeutic benefit. Um, so we had been working in our lab and with a, a startup company called Acurastem to make a new PIK5 inhibitor that can last for a long time in the body and therefore um, you know, block the activity of PIK5 in, in humans for, for the treatment of ALS. Now, f- what happened was once the pandemic hit, um, uh, people had a, you know, really scrambled to find uh, if there were any types of known chemicals that could block coronavirus infection. And so uh, some of the folks down in San Diego 
did a a screen uh, and they tested all known chemicals, including the FDA approved drugs, um, all known chemicals that had ever been tested at some point in humans. There are 12,000 of these. And they looked for things that uh, blocked coronavirus infection in cells in a dish. And what they found was that the same type of chemical that we had found to be effective at rescuing ALS motor nerve cells was also the most potent way to block uh, coronavirus infection. And this is their result. Um, And basically all you need to know is that each of these boxes represents one experiment. And as you go from left to right, uh, they're increasing the amount of these different drugs that you have on the right here. And as you go, as you increase in concentration, when you get to the yellow boxes, that means the virus is being blocked from infecting the cells. And you can see that this PIK5 inhibitor, apilomod, blocks the the cells from being infected much earlier at much lower concentrations than any of the other chemicals, including the one drug here, remdesivir, that is already approved for, has been shown to clinically uh, reduce uh, coronavirus infection. So this type of drug, this PIK5 inhibitor, is about 20 or 30 times better at blocking viral infection than the, the drugs that we have today. And so we thought that, wow, we should really test our new PIK5 inhibitors that we're making that can now survive for a long time in human in the body uh, for the ability to block coronavirus infection, and we should move this towards the clinic. And so that's the project that CIRM uh, funded uh, for us to do. And so why, the question is, why does it block infection? Um, and, and this cartoon can help to illustrate that. So this is just a picture of a cell that's been kind of chopped in half. Uh, and you're sort of looking at a cross-section of the cell. Um, and what you'll see is that um, the, the, the virus can enter cells in two different ways. And I'm going to concentrate primarily today on this late pathway. And there's also an early pathway, which I'll briefly mention. So the late pathway, this virus comes along to the surface of the cell, it binds to a specific protein on the cell, and then it gets engulfed into the cell, but it remains in this lipid, this um, membrane-enclosed vesicle where it's trapped. And it actually can't get out of this uh, and start replicating within the cell unless um, something happens. So what happens is that enzyme that I talked about, PIK5, it helps to get this vesicle to fuse with another type of membrane-enclosed vesicle called a lysosome. When that happens, some of the proteins in the lysosome can actually activate this um, virus to be able to crawl out of that vesicle. And when it does that, now the virus gets released into the rest of the host cell and it can replicate and amplify. So if you block PIK5 activity, this virus remains trapped in these vesicles and never can replicate and and really fully infect the cell. And so that's how we're blocking uh, the infection. Um, What makes the virus, the coronavirus tricky is that it has a second way of infecting cells called the early pathway. And so in reality, I think we'll need to block both of these pathways to really completely block the infection um, of the virus. But today we're working on um, this late pathway. 
So as I mentioned before, um, the existing, the best existing PIK5 uh, inhibitors, they're chemicals that are similar to drugs, but they're not really fully drugs. And the reason is because, uh, as you can see, one example of that type of molecule, this it's called a pilamod in the blue line. You can see that when it goes into a, the body, uh, it drops to below effective concentrations within just a couple of hours. So as you can imagine, that's not very effective at blocking infections. Um, but the new inhibitors that we've made um, have a substantially longer lifetime in the body. And so we believe that they could actually be effective against the coronavirus infection. So one of uh, the drug candidates that we've made called ASR149, we've tested it now um, in the CERN project. We've tested it to see if it can um, actually inhibit uh, the PIK5 enzyme in the body. Uh, we, we've tested this first in mice here. Um, these are just a cross-section of lung tissue um, from mice. And everywhere where you see these green spots uh, here, these are evidence that the drug ASR149 is actually inhibiting PIK5 in these lung cells. And so what you notice is that with ASR149, you see a lot more of the green spots, which really indicates that it's getting into the lung where the where the coronavirus would normally infect, and it's blocking the PIK5 activity in those lung cells. So that is very promising uh, for the ability of it to hopefully block coronavirus infection in people. What we've done besides that is go into now making sure that our new PIK5 inhibitor called ASR149 uh, still inhibits PIK5 with high uh, efficiency. And so we, this is an example of that where we have um, a slightly weakened version of the coronavirus that doesn't replicate. Uh, in, and so we can use it safely in our lab at USC. And then we would um, compare its ability to, uh, we compared the ability of that coronavirus to infect cells um, if we had, um, you know, either a, a placebo control, which is called DMSO here, or our ASR149, you can see that ASR149 severely blocked infection of the cells. Remdesivir did not block infection in this case, and we didn't expect it to because although it works in, in humans, uh, it works by blocking the, the viral replication process. And since these are replication defective coronaviruses, uh, we're just looking at one, a single infection of cells. And so we're not looking at replication at all. So we didn't expect remdesivir to work and it definitely didn't. Uh, but the bottom line is that um, ASR149 was very effective here. So then we took it one step further and we, we tested it against real live replicating coronavirus. And this had to be done at a special facility um, in Utah. And what they found is that um, they're looking at, in this case, they're looking at the ability of coronavirus to block infection. And so the higher you go on this y-axis means there's more blockage against the virus. Uh, and you can see that as we went higher in the dose of 149, we got to a point where we limited, we blocked infection by 100%. Um, and this was about 100 or 200 times more uh, less we needed about 200 times less drug uh, than the amount that actually starts showing toxicity to the cells themselves. And so this is a very nice therapeutic, you know, window where we don't we don't cause any toxicity. 
in the area where we're trying, where we're really already blocking the virus. Um, and so this means that our drug, uh, if it's delivered to the cells at the right concentration, will definitely block the coronavirus infection. Um, so what we're doing now is taking this one step further where we've worked with our colleague at USC. Uh, she's another professor. Her name is Yawen Chen. And uh, she's a stem cell expert of a different sort. Um, remember that as we used stem cells made from patients' blood to make motor nerve cells, uh, she specializes in making um, lung tissue from these stem cells. And so what she's made are these uh, miniature lungs in a dish. Um, and she's shown that if she makes a coronavirus that um, encodes a, a little protein that, that makes the the resulting infected cells green, uh, you can see that it infects these cells all along here and makes them bright green. And so now what we can do is test to make sure that the drug blocks uh, coronavirus infection in, in, in miniature lungs uh, from, from humans. And we can determine if, it, if there's any variability between different types of, pe of people uh, and, and the ability of this drug to block infection into their lung cells. And coincident with that, we're also testing this in, in some small animal models like the hamster. Who The hamsters get infected very well by the coronavirus. And so we can make sure that the drug blocks the ability of the coronavirus to infect the hamster cell, uh, the hamsters. Uh, and once that, if that looks good, we will be moving quickly towards um, clinical trials. So uh, in, in conclusion, um, the key points are that, you know, the coronavirus enters cells through both an early and a late pathway, and blocking an enzyme called PIK5 is, is one of the most potent ways of blocking the late pathway. And so we've, uh, unfortunately, the drugs that are, ex uh, the, the, the chemicals that are existing for PIK5, blocking PIK5 are not good drugs. So we developed a new PIK5 inhibitor uh, although we were planning to use it for ALS patients, um, we are now trying to see if we should repurpose it uh, for blocking the coronavirus infections, uh, treating COVID-19 patients. And what we know so far is that it, like some of its predecessor chemicals, it potently blocks coronavirus infection in the dish. So we've preserved the antiviral activity and we've given it a better longevity in, in the body. And uh, so we think it's a drug that uh, could work quite well. Uh, so in conclusion, I'd just like to thank uh, the people in my lab who've contributed to this work. Um, Yichen and Manuel have have been the major contributors in my lab. Uh, Monica Zhou and Wenchuan Chang have been key uh, contributors from Akiristem. And our collaborator at USC, Yao Wen Chen, has now provided us these uh, miniature lungs in a dish uh, for us to test efficacy. And the majority of this work has been uh, supported by CIRM, as well as some of our other uh, funding agencies. So thank you very much.